Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Birds with Friends on a Sunday evening, 10.39 p.m. in Indianapolis. Bo Wolf, Zach Berman, Marissa Dunn here, excuse me, sorry for the voice, to talk about a gritty win, uh, an underwhelming win, a come-from-behind win, their first uh, double-digit come-from-behind win since the miracle at the New Meadowlands over a decade ago, a a stilted, sloppy offensive performance of a win, uh, a bounce-back defensive performance of a win, uh, and a vengeful win for Nick Sirianni. Zach, how are you? I'm doing well. Excited for this pod. Big win today. 9-1 through 10 games. Uh, and it'll be a happy Thanksgiving in the Delaware Valley because had they been on a two-game losing streak and played the way they did through much of Sunday's game, there probably would have been a lot of like grumpy uncles and grandfathers and maybe grandchildren at tables around the Delaware Valley. Not to be confused with grumpy of the seven dwarves in an Indian family who's referred to as grumpy uncle. I just figured that the... The older people are are grumpier about losses than the younger people. Is that a generalization, or would that be accurate? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if that's okay. true. Okay. Uh, as as our uh, viewers in the chat um, can attest, uh, it looks like we're at different places. Zach looks like he's on the penthouse. He's got the he's he's, he's up high. He's got the the Weston behind him. And me, uh, this this background makes it look like I'm lying on the floor. <laughs> if if only the audience knew. Come on, Zach, do it. What does that mean? I, 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 I would not. I would not. I, if, if Bo is comfortable sharing his information, no, go ahead. Share his information. Go ahead. Bo is staying at the presidential suite at his hotel. Yeah. Okay. Bo did not book the presidential suite. Bo stayed at this hotel with Zach and Sheil when we were here for the combine. When I arrived, they said, "Oh, welcome back, Mr. Wolf." Uh, we've upgraded you to the presidential suite. It's nothing. It's nothing glamorous. It's still right next to the elevator, so it's like a, it's it's a a loud room, but it's a little bit more spacious. Zach, unfortunately, did not want to be the teammate this time and uh, join me 
in in this this hotel that has special memories for us as a as a companionship. I agree there. I was trying to be mindful of the company's resources, but bottom line, we spent a lot of time yes. together. We spent a lot of time together today and we spent a lot of time together virtually here. And as you mentioned, actually on our uh, preview of the game, perhaps we need to spend less time with each other. Uh, nonetheless, we both predicted Eagles victories and it did not happen in the fashion that we, we both got the Colts uh, uh, points. Correct. Correct, but we were wrong on the Eagles points. Yes, we were. Maybe one more touchdown <clears throat> would have gotten it there. That's right. Okay, so um, let's let's get into this, Zach, because uh, this was a game where the Eagles were sloppy again. Uh, they lost the turnover battle for the second consecutive week. They had a string of penalties. Um, the offense, and I'm sure that you want to gloat here because uh, no you were making you were making the the joke. Several times in the press box, like, oh, the offense is struggling so much, they're going to have to fire Jonathan Gannon um, because the defense was able to puff its chest out a little bit, and we can get to the reasons behind that. But let's start with the, the game-winning drive. Yeah, The Eagles are down 16-10 with uh, a little bit over two minutes. Of, what is it, about four minutes remaining? And uh, you wrote about it, so take me through it. So the drive itself, we could the – the final touchdown, we will get to that. That's the most memorable play there, the seven-yard run where Jordan Mailata called it biblical in terms of he was describing how the line just split in front of Jalen Hurts like the Red Sea. And that is what it looked like from our vantage point. You, and the smile on your face when you when you give that reference. That's great. <laughs> Love an Old uh, Testament. <laughs> so, so they, they, the, the defense held the Colts to a field goal uh, on a Hassan Reddick sack. That was mm. questionable there. There's a face mask penalty, but I bring that up because that is, that was pivotal. Had the Colts scored a touchdown there, or even if Reddick didn't get a sack and potentially the Colts go for the fourth down, uh, then, then it could have been a, a two score game. So the Eagles keep it a one score game. They get the ball back. Um, with under five minutes to go, 4.37 on the clock. First play, this is usually you doing the play-by-play. -play. I, I, I don't want to take it from you here. No, it's your um, story. <laughs> but uh, Hertz gets pressured, okay, uh, throws it away, then an eight-yard pass to A.J. Brown. Then came the pivotal play in the drive, uh, in, in my opinion. The longest play of the game for the Eagles, a third and two. And if you recall in this scenario a week ago, Comparable scenario, not even a week ago, last Monday, the Eagles went three and out against Washington, and it got to have it drive, right? Uh, th that was the one that preceded the drive when right. they, when Brandon Graham had the penalty, okay? So uh, Jalen's in the – there's great protection for Jalen Hurts. He's in the pocket. He has, he has nowhere to go to. He's shuffling the pocket. Miles Sanders, who is his outlet on the side, sprints down the sideline, okay, essentially like a scramble drill. I spoke to Miles after the game. He saw where the linebacker was playing him, thought he could make a play downfield. Jalen heaves the ball downfield. I thought he was open the whole play, really. Yes, yes. Uh, and obviously, he's he's not an initial target there, so it's not early in your progression where, where you would go to him. And it was it was improvisation. It, it was improvising on on Miles's part. So Jalen throws it. He underthrows the ball, and so Miles comes back to it and initiates the, the pass interference. Now, the Eagles, uh, 
And when I say the Eagles, Nick Sirianni said, like, that's going to be on the teach tape forevermore, what Miles Sanders did. I actually think it was more the defensive player was reacting. Miles was so wide open. The defensive player just tackled him, right? So I don't know whether it was a, a case of Miles drawing it, like the Eagles said, or the defensive player saying, this could be a touchdown. Let's let's get him on the ground. Nonetheless, uh, Sanders did a good job coming back for the ball, initiated the pass interference. The Eagles got this huge gain. Okay, so now they're all the way down into Colts territory. They're at the 28-yard line for a first and 10 with 3.38 to go. And this is when Sirianni's playing both the Colts and the clock, okay? Because in this scenario, yeah, if the if Eagles do score a touchdown, it becomes a, a one-point game. You don't want to give Indianapolis too much time. So they're running the ball, they're running the ball, they're running the ball, um, and they get to a fourth and two at the Colts' nine-yard line. Now they were not just they were not just running clock because they were run they were still snapping the ball early in the sure. play clock right yeah. um, and they were still running they were trying to run several plays like they ran a play when they didn't need to the before Boston, the two minute yeah. warning yeah um, the Boston Scott run there but I think that this was I think that this also was like clock focused I think they just wanted to be able to have as many plays as possible while keeping the clock running yeah that was yeah my well reason. said well said the the uh, the Boston Scott run on third and four with 209 remaining. They could have, they should have just let that go down to the two minute warning. Ridiculous. Yeah. So then comes a really weird play. And I'm going to defer to you because I'm speaking too much here. And uh and, and you have good insight on, on this as well. Fourth and two, they come out, and you could see them like Isaac Samalu is in a stance waiting to hustle to the line. Like they're going to, you called it, you called it because we were there waiting for TV to come back. Right. Yep. They're waiting for the TV uh, to come back and they're all sitting in the huddle and you could tell that they were in a, in a situation where like, okay, once it, once we go, we got to really go. We got to run to the line. And you said they're going to run to the line. And And I'll let you pick up what happened there. They run to the line. They, they line up in their, in their quarterback sneak formation where everybody's. Yep. I mean, and I mean, I think the people who are listening know what happened, but they they line up, they try to draw them off sides. It's fourth and two. They don't. And then they call timeout. And I thought this was one of the dumbest things I've ever seen. I mean, and you asked Nick about it, correct? I asked Nick about it. He said, well, because c- I think that, you know, the Nick conversation in this game is very interesting because I think this was the worst game in game management wise that he has coached in a very long time. Um, there were a ton of questionable in-game decisions. Um, We can get to the disparity in like the personnel usage from the first half to the second half, which I was charting. It was, it was wild. Um, But this decision coupled with after the, the Reddick sack that you, you mentioned um, the Eagles call timeout there with like four forty left their first of three timeouts, a bizarre timeout, unless there was something else going on. But if that was just a clock stoppage, a wasted timeout. Uh, you don't call that there. So then you they line up, they line up to, to do this fake quarterback sneak with no intention of ever snapping the ball. And uh, you know, I asked Sirianni about it. He said there's a, a, a strategy element there that he doesn't want to get into because of opposing teams potentially playing them in the future. But Jason Kelsey, you had told you in the locker room that the idea here is that uh, opposing defenses aren't going to expect you to sneak the ball when you've got two yards to go. And so they're more likely to jump off sides. 
Yeah, so when I asked Jason about it, he he kind of didn't understand why I was asking about this play, which which struck me as as was I making too big a a deal about this up in the press box? Uh, it still befuddles me if if they don't and get here's, a fourth yeah. and two. Here's they the don't get some fourth and two. The game is yeah. over if you don't. Yes. If you don't get it on fourth and two now, you've got one timeout left. The game is over. They run one play. You call timeout. They run another play. 40 seconds go off the clock. They run another play. 40 seconds go off the clock. You get the ball back with like 30 seconds. If you've got two timeouts still, you're going to get the ball back with over a minute to go, potentially, if you force a three and out. And they're backed up. you got a real shot. Yeah. Like the 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 – the um, expected value, like the delta of, of cost benefit for maybe getting them to jump versus losing your timeout is is completely untilted. Like it's totally tilted. It's what a wild thing to do. Additionally, you have to have confidence you can get two yards there, right? You don't have to if if you're going, you know, if if you're this major underdog, all yeah. right, try to get them to jump off sides, but you're. You're the favorite on the road. You have a that's a great coming out of the two minute. To, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Warning it, with give me a break. I mean, look, I I I would say to Nick that there's some great strategy here. Reveal it to the other teams because I would not, I would want <laughs> other teams to be doing this against me. In any event, the Eagles call the timeout. They go out there. The the uh, I, I wouldn't even say criticism, but the questioning of of this turns out to be for naught because the Eagles get the first down. Uh, Jalen Hurts, run, he he has a QB draw. He's in shotgun, QB draw, kind of around Jordan Mailata. Um, And then a few plays later, they have a third and goal from the seven. And again, a QB draw. And this time, as Jason Kelsey explained, the play was not meant to go up the middle. Now, he had Boston Scott with him. Boston Scott was essentially... Uh, like the lead blocker, if you will. I mean, they don't call it that, but he's he's essentially like a uh, a, a lead blocker. But but Jason Kelsey, he pulled to the right side, and the the um, the, the draw was supposed to go around the side there. In but the defensive tackle read it, and it opened up the middle of the field. The Eagles had it was had, biblical. Yeah, they were in eleven personnel, um, but they didn't have the tight end in line. Right, so it's essentially like four guys split wide. Boston Scott next to him. Uh, so the linebackers need to account for for all the pass catchers there. Right, it's it's third and goal at the seven. You're not expecting them to run, and uh, the Eagles had repped this play. This is this is part of what makes Jalen Hurts special as a quarterback is his legs, and it it's open. It was the easiest touchdown run you can imagine. Right, runs right in. And uh, the the Colts mascot. I don't know if you saw this. The Colts <laughs> he's, mascot. He's humping with him back and was, forth. Was was gyrating <laughs> as if he was celebrating. Or, yeah. or she. I I I, I don't know Good what the point. gender is of the mascot. Uh, and Day. yeah, it, it's it seemed Jalen did the same thing back, but um, yeah. a, a really a really like a, like a choreographed hump off. <laughs> <laughs> that didn't make my story choreographed humped off, but that, that would have been a good line. Uh, but, but really good play there. And anyways, we took you through the play-by-play, but big picture with it. One thing Kelsey said is, is like, this is, this is part of the benefit of having a running quarterback. You saw on that drive, what it does to defenses, especially in, you know, two minute late game situations. 
it it keeps them honest. It puts such a strain on it, on on them, and the poise with which Jalen played with. And the big takeaway: I spoke to multiple players, not just guys who were quoted in my story, but multiple players. The big takeaway was like they they knew the way the game was going. Everyone everyone recognized that they executed when they needed to execute. They didn't turn the ball over there. They played mostly a clean, uh, you know, a, a clean drive. Jordan Mailata, uh, when I spoke to him, he he talked about you know how like everyone was was a, was a dog on that drive, and, and and you get if if you're around the Eagles enough, you hear dog mentality enough that you roll your eyes. But point being that the whole game's going going not well, terrible. Uh, I heard a, a lot of four letter words in that locker room to, to to describe it, but they had a drive to make it count, and they made it count. I give them credit. Yeah, I mean, I thought it was one of the least impressive game-winning drives I've ever seen. Um, given that, like, it took a it took a pass interference, and then like, you know, nine straight runs of like two yards, two yards, two yards, and then and then a couple of pickups, but they got it done. What did you make of what did you make of them going run nine straight times after the pass interference? Did you think that was uh, them? like taking the ball out of Jalen Hurts' hands as a passer? Or did you think that that was just uh, they didn't have a ton of ideas on how to on how to score, and so they were just sticking with you know, putting the ball in Jalen Hurts' legs? So, on. fair question. Um, Nick Sirianni said af- after the game that in big moments, they trust, you know, they they trust their best players. They trust the players, you know, in, in that they want in those moments. And he mentioned – the offensive line and the quarterback. I think that was part of it. I don't know. I I haven't watched the game through. Uh, I don't know how many of those those runs were RPOs, right? Um, so I don't know what 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 the option could have been there. Um, Let me but, see. Let me look at my charting at least here. Uh, but no, I, I I think this is trusting your offensive line, trusting Jalen. And I I kind of disagree with you on the pass interference because it wasn't a fluky pass interference, right? Like if if Miles Sanders makes that catch, uh, which 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 he was he was wide open, right? If Miles Sanders makes that catch, you're you're talking about uh, a a thirty plus forty plus yard play on sure, but he wouldn't have made the catch drive. because the throw was nowhere near him, and it was like his fifth read. So it's not like it's not like I mean. You know, this is the this is the chuck it up offense um, that a former uh, host of the show would tout, uh, and it makes a lot of sense because of the uh, you know the upside. But this was not like they they drew up a, a, no, true, a wheel route for yeah. Miles Sanders. This was like uh, an extemporaneous play. I mean, sure that counts too, but it was not like you know it's not like they well, went so out and as- got it. So when I watched that play, what jumped out to me, what what I don't know if it's getting enough credit. I I I mean our audience could could tell me. The blocking on that play was awesome, right? Like That's it was fair. it 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 wasn't a situation where Jalen was under pressure and rolled out to his right. Jalen was shuffling in the pocket because I, I you know, I I have to see the all 22 to kind of see what how the progressions were there, but uh, he he didn't have anyone open. Or he he was he was going through his options. He was in the pocket, shuffling around, and then he spots Miles going downfield. And you can see from the corner of the TV cut 
You can see you can see Miles is there as the dump off, and then he runs down the the uh, the right sideline. Um, and in speaking to him, he saw where the linebacker was playing, so that was reactive on his part. Okay. Um, but yeah, this was I didn't I didn't think it was like you know fantastic offense. They went out and got the got, but I mean they made it happen. You give them credit. And then um, on the ensuing possession, you need to stop. About a, about a minute left. Colts get the ball. They got one timeout. Get a first down. They get to the 40. And then things stall when Brandon Graham, one week after hitting the quarterback when he wasn't allowed to, gets to the quarterback this time, brings down Matt Ryan, to set up a, a fourth and long. The Eagles get the uh, get the defensive stop. They get the win, Zach. 17-16. A win is a win in the NFL, especially on the road. You scratch and claw. You do what you can. Yeah, they. It was it was a bad performance, and it was a. Well, I'll be careful how I phrase it, or, yeah, or I, I not be careful. On the defense, Zach. The defense uh, in this game. No, I mean, look, they 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 did not play well tonight or today, and there's going to be a lot to learn from, or a lot to correct off this. But it's easier to make corrections after a win than, or it's it's better to make corrections after a win than it is a loss. The bottom line, you're nine and one. You went into Indianapolis and you won this game. And you see around the NFL um, that there's a lot of teams who figure out ways to lose games. Every week, there's teams that figure out ways to lose games. And the Eagles found a way to win this game. So I give them credit there. Uh, and, I and I think now stay on the offense. Well, now it's a good time to transition to, to Sirianni, I think, because after, yes. that, after that sack and after they get the fourth down stop, the CBS cameras cut to the sidelines, and we see Nick Sirianni. If you're watching on video, Marissa pulling together the clip like the dynamite that she is. He's he rips off his visor. He steps on the bench. He starts talking smack to people in the stands, or at least maybe Eagles fans in the stands. He's he's shouting good stuff, and uh, you know it was. We talked about it during the week. It was uh, it was not a secret that. Nick Sirianni was sort of taking on a little bit of extra meaning to this game yes. because of his connection with Frank Reich. And, you know, uh, he was emotional there on the field. We were both there, Zach, as uh, players and coaches were filing into the locker room, uh, giving fist pounds to Howie Roseman. And by the time Sirianni gets there, Roseman and him sort of huddle. They have they have exchanged some nice words. And then Sirianni sort of like collapses into the weight of, uh, of everything that the past, you know, four hours were. He sort of bends over at his at his waist and composes himself for a little bit. He was very emotional. He said uh, about 20 minutes later at the press conference, the reason I'm bless emotional me. is because, what did I say? No, Marissa sneezed. I said, bless you. Thank you. <laughs> wow. You, 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 you take me off the tracks then for that? <laughs> I didn't take you I said, bless you to Marissa. That's not taking you off the tracks. You Listen, keep going. For all the guff that I get for interrupting you. <laughs> that's interrupting you? You don't think that, that that's interrupting? <laughs> I listened to every word you said there. Keep going. I didn't say you weren't listening. I said you interrupted. Okay. <laughs> okay. All right. No, Proceed, you, no you want to jump in? Go ahead. You finish it off. I was just getting to the end of, of my point, and, and now I'm lost. I said, bless you. That's all, all he said was bless you. I didn't, I didn't interrupt. Go on. So then Sirianni says, I was emotional because I love Frank Reich. 
Um, and it was very clear um, that he wanted to like send a message with this win. And I think that's part of why he coached such a bad game. Um, you know, that the, the, the turnover on the first play of the second half. Now, maybe this is not just on him. This is on Steichen too. Um, it's hard to parse that responsibility when you're talking about the offense, the play calling and the design, but that first play, it's a, it's a play action, uh, rollout to the right. Miles Sanders job is to block Yannick and Gakwe there. Like that's the design of the play. And he, you know what? He sort of does a fine job. Like he gets in his way. He loses slowly and still in gets there and sacks Jalen hurts before he can get rid of the ball. And like it, it hurts was like maybe a little bit lackadaisical on that throw, but that's a bad design. Uh, that's on coaching. And Sirianni was talking about that play. And he said, like, as an because he was talking about the offensive line. And he's like, yeah, that sack. Yeah, that was on the back. And he sort of like j- glossed over it quickly. We're like, that's not on the back, man. That's on you guys. Like, that play went as designed. And it was a bust. Okay, that's fine. Um, we talked about some of the decision-making. The fourth down, um, you know, there was a little bit of a, of a inconsistency. They, they don't go for it on fourth and goal at the four kick a field goal there, but then they do go for it later in the game, fourth and 10 when they yes, kick about a 54 yard field goal, 52 yard field goal. I think 56. Okay. But still, yeah, fourth maybe that's, and a little, 10, that's a little far. Fourth and 10, the, the uh, fourth and 10 is a, a low probability play, right? You have a higher probability of, of hitting that field goal. Now uh, there's, there's reward the end- getting the first down. So, there was the end of the first half when they go a three and out with a chance to to score and do their do their uh, favorite little double dip, and it's three and out. AJ Brown's not on the field for any of the three plays. They go thirteen personnel again, and uh, this is the this is the halftime change that that I was alluding to, Zach. In the first half, it was really to me like they were they were trying to be way too cute with their personnel. In the first game, uh, playing without Dallas Goddard. Um, they wanted to sort of showcase, look at all the different things we can do. We're still going to be fine. It's like, look at, you know, we can get everybody prepared. We can do all these different options. Uh, and I want to pull up my my charting. But I think if you're just if you're just talking about running or wide receivers and tight ends. So the four wide receivers, A.J. Brown, Quez Watkins, Devontae Smith, and Zach Pascal, And the three tight ends, Grant Calcaterra, uh, Jack Stoll, and Tyree Jackson. Those seven guys. Uh, were on the field in 12 different combinations in the first half, in like 31 plays, not including penalties. And it wasn't good. They scored three points. Their previous uh, season low was 14 for points in the first half. In the second half, they pared it down completely. They played 11 personnel every single snap of the second half, uh, except for the the fake uh Quarterback sneak, which wasn't a snap, right? So every snap they actually snapped was eleven personnel, and that that uh, combination of wide receivers and tight ends went from twelve to four. It was completely pared down. They uh, they simplified things to an extreme degree, um, and aside from that first possession uh, of the second half, it worked much better. Obviously, they they were more productive, and I, I really think that there was like something to Sirianni being like a little bit too into this game. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, there's 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 validity there. I didn't like the offensive um, game planning or play calling, however you would frame it, for, for much of the game. We've both been advocates on the show of getting A.J. Brown the ball 
often. Uh, he's targeted on three of the team's first five plays, and he's targeted four times the rest of the game. Yeah. Um, he had four catches on the first two drives. Not a fumble, he costly had, fumble, we should say. He had one catch the rest of the game. And it, yes, he had a costly fumble. But to me, like you need to feed A.J. Brown the ball. And I thought that's what they were going to be doing early. And it kind of it got away from them there. Now, they only attempted 25 passes. A.J. had seven targets. Devontae had nine targets. So 16 and 25, that's if from a percentage perspective, that's probably in line with what I thought going into the game. Um, but I, I still think they could feature A.J. more than they did today. Um, and that goes into the 2Q, but they couldn't sustain drives. And, I mean, to me, drives charts, drive charts tell big stories here, okay? So um, first two drives, punt, punt, then field goal, then punt, then fumble, then loss of downs, then punt. All right, that's that's a, a, essentially your first seven drives of the game. Um, then in the fourth quarter, they woke up, right? Touchdown, fumble, touchdown. Uh, but Good drink, Marissa. The, the the way the the lack of uh, the the inability to sustain drives early was a problem and some of that's the play calling some of that's the execution frankly some of that goes back to penalties they had that one drive where it's like productive play after productive play after productive play but three consecutive penalties i think they had a first and 35 yeah love, on a, that love play. a first and 35 they almost <laughs> picked they, that up too yes um so point being the offense, uh, the offense wasn't where it needed to be today, and the absence of Dallas Goddard certainly contributed to it. I think we saw how valuable Dallas is for them um, in certain situations. You know, they he they've they have like like certain they you know what Frank Reich, um, they all all bring it around. Frank Reich used to call them seventeen plays. Okay. And what he meant by 17 plays is there's times when you just dial it up for Alshon. And they have plays the ball, where, the ball, where ball, it's like 88 ball, plays, dialing it up for Dallas ball. Goddard. And without Dallas Goddard, uh, I still think they're trying to figure out their way. But back to the Sirianni conversation, the one thing uh, – I would say one thing I try to acknowledge is there's a lot that I don't know. And there's got to be more to this Reich situation then, you know, there's some connecting the dots as far as benching Matt Ryan and uh, and different things that were going on behind the scenes. But coaches get fired. I mean, Nick was on the staff in Los Angeles when Frank Wright got fired there, right? Coaches get fired. It's it's sad to put it that way. It's an, it's an unfortunate reality of the NFL. But Nick really seemed to take this one. I, I, a personally and, and, and B like he found it to be either unjust, unfair, whatever word you want to use, which lends me to believe that, that this is a loaded situation that Nick knows more about than I do. Oh, I think that's definitely right. Um, and you know, he, he, he keeps saying the thing like, you know, how, you know, how I feel about Frank. You can only imagine yeah. how I feel about uh, what happened, but, uh, to, to be fair, like I said, like, I think this was his worst coached in-game game of the season but it's also like you can't take that away and also not acknowledge that a lot of the you know uh the dog mentality stuff that that we're talking about and crediting them for 
um, for that final drive, the uh, stick-to-itiveness of the defense to some degree, um, you know, even Miles Sanders taking the coaching point of what to do when you're downfield to draw a pass interference penalty, those things are also things that yep. are a product of his coaching to some degree. So just because he had a bad game in game today doesn't mean that like he's not also re responsible for the fact that the players were were able to go out there and win. Yes, and to add to that, they lose on a Monday night. Okay, they have this qu quick turnaround. It happens in a week when you lose one of your key players. You add two veterans on Thursday and Friday, both of whom were in the lineup. There's a lot that Sirianni was juggling this week uh, for them to, you know, so the in-game decisions were questionable, but Sirianni had had these guys ready to play. They, they have a good mentality, if you will. And I do think that's, I do think that's beneficial. Uh, and I think the way they responded in the fourth quarter uh, says something about the team. The reality is they started the season eight and zero, and they didn't leave, or they didn't trail in the second half in any of those games. Last Monday was the first time we saw them have a potential come from behind drive, come from behind win, and it did not work well. Uh, they had the three and out. We talked about the three and out on 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 the pod Monday. For them to respond as they did today, even if, as as you framed it, was the most unimpressive game-winning drive you've seen, it's nonetheless a 75-yard game-winning drive. The four first downs on the drive were the most they had all game. It was the longest drive that they had all game. Uh, so it was their best drive of the game. Sorry, I'm laughing at the graphic for the uh, Thursday night. Thanksgiving primetime game that they just showed Mac Jones and Kirk Cousins next to each other. I mean, what a Melvin off might as well be a Mayo ad. <laughs> Is my audio. Okay. I, I see. Okay. Okay. So that was just a joke in the comments. Okay. Okay. All right. Um, I think it's probably about time we take a little break and we'll come back and focus on the defense, give Zach his flowers and let's talk a little, Linval Joseph and Dominic and Sue. Linval Joseph, LJ, making an impact in his debut. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. 
As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. All right, back on Burns with Friends, Bo, Zach, and Marissa. Zach, let's talk about the defense, which opens the game by surrendering an 85, no, sorry, a 75-yard, 10-play drive, I believe 48 yards of which came on the ground from Jonathan Taylor, the Colts jump out to a 7-0 lead, and you're thinking, oh my gosh, here we go again. But, as Travis Kelsey goes in for a touchdown, um, from then on out, the, Col- the the Eagles defense did a pretty good job. Um, obviously, only nine points the rest of the game. Jonathan Taylor rushed for a few yards over the rest of the game than he did in that first drive. Um, Linval Joseph. Played a bunch of snaps, played like 23, 24 snaps, um, and was the primary nose tackle. Um, the Colts sort of did the Eagles a bit of a favor um, personnel-wise in this game. They played a lot of heavy personnel that allowed the Eagles to stay in their base, their 5-2, for a good portion of this game. I think that uh, worked out well. But um, I thought that this was a good like reflection of last week's run defense conversation because by uh, yards per carry, Right. Last year, last week's game was a better performance by the defense than this week's. But if you look at like the disparity, the, the like the, the tails of um, the runs last week, uh, the problem was the Eagles defense was never able to get Washington off schedule. Right. Like Washington, their longest run of the game last week was 11 yards. They only ran more than eight yards on that one play, but they were very rarely stopped for like negative yards, zero yards, one yard. Whereas in this game, uh, there was a 27-yard Jonathan Taylor run. There were four carries of more than eight yards, but the Eagles held them to negative yards or uh, one yard or fewer like 12 times. And that got them off schedule. That put them in known pass situations. And I think that was uh, part of the difference of the game. And I thought Linval Joseph looked really good. You put it well. Last week, I thought the biggest problems a personnel. They they needed someone in that Jordan Davis role, and they addressed it with Linval Joseph, and he frankly did better than I anticipated in a short period of time. Credit to him there, to mostly to be ready, to be in there, to be productive, and the Eagles for acquiring him, identifying that issue, and making it work on short notice. Number one, the big problem I had with the Eagles' performance all in the Washington game on defense was third down. I thought third down was an issue. 
it frankly was an issue on the first drive against the Colts when the Colts converted three third downs. After that opening drive, Colts were two of 12 on third downs. To me, running yards, rushing yards, that's not a big winner or loser stat. That's not a stat that I think is going to determine the outcome of a game. Third downs, I think, will determine the outcome of a game or help contribute to the outcome of a game. Uh, the Eagles were not good on third downs against Washington. They were much better against the Colts in particular after that opening drive. That was the difference. And a lot of it, like you said, has to do with getting into known passing situations. If you can avoid third and shorts, then that's advantageous. Now, there were also third and shorts where the Eagles made some big plays, right? And I thought they did a good job against uh, against Matt Ryan. There were a few times when the Colts receivers got free, but for the most part, I, I thought the coverage was was solid. And I also thought that uh, it didn't lead the points, but it, it, I think it helped take points off the board. Marcus Epps' takeaway. That was a critical strip there, right? We we talk about they just don't blow plays dead anymore, right? Like <laughs> yeah, is that I, just I, a change? I spoke to Marcus <clears throat> after the game, and he said they were letting that play go on, and and he he yeah, great play. He, he got his hand in there, but I think it's a little overstated, or more than a little. I think it was overstated when Nick Sirianni was saying it's not luck, and they and they coach it as far as taking care of the ball. And I suppose there are grips that you can do, like we see that sign in the auditorium. But I think defensively, coaching strips is a is is something that they do. They it, it works on, and that was an example of it. And by the way, it worked the other way too, where uh, was Desire Franklin who punched the ball out of yeah. A.J. Brown's grasp? That's... Look, Gannon came from Indianapolis. That's something that the Colts historically, I, I, I know Eberflus isn't there, but that's something that they've taught. Um, so, But I, I thought that Marcus Epps' forced fumble was a very underrated part of this win because the Colts were driving there. They had momentum. And, uh, and well, they didn't I, have I momentum. They, they had just it had just become a three-point game. Okay, yes, but they were driving there. They, they could have. Uh, contribute to it, and so and I, I fumble it right right away. Three plays later, true, but the field but the field shifted. Sure, so. um, yeah. I mean, so five fumbles for the Eagles, none lost over the first seven games of the season. Nine fumbles and five lost in the three games since. What's going on there? I think sometimes there's, especially with fumbles, there's turnover. You know, there's there's luck, right? <laughs> if it, Jalen Hurts fumbles the ball there, first play of the second quarter. Oh, I'm something start second half, right? Uh, the Colts jumped on it. Had the Eagles jumped on it, we probably wouldn't be talking about that play. Fumbles are fluky in the in the sense of who recovers them. Interceptions, I view a, a little differently, right? But fumbles are are fluky there. Yeah, but they're fu they're fumbling at a higher rate, also. Not yes, just but yes, but uh, but 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 like you pointed out, they recovered their fumbles earlier on the season, so. Yeah, but five through seven games versus nine through three games. That's a big. Good point. All right, certainly something to monitor. Absolutely. Okay. Uh, so the, the Sue uh, Linval Joseph thing is interesting to me because from the outside, I think we were both like, like, 
yeah, like pretty impressive. They were able to get in and play um, and make an make an impact. Sue, I thought was a little bit less so, though they did uh, split a sack. That was nice. Um, but like Brandon Graham uh, was like, you know, he said he helped he helped Sue with uh, you know getting into the defense one of the two days he was here, but he didn't need much help during the game. Sue and Joseph both sort of downplayed that when we talked to them and we're saying like, you know, I've been in the league long enough that I've played in every defense. It's just yeah. a terminology thing. And so Brandon Graham is like, yeah, I mean, we'll see how sore they are on Tuesday. They're going to be pretty sore. And, and Jason Kelsey was like, yeah, like I'm not, I'm not impressed by that. I'm jealous. Like they're the fresh ones. Like they're, they, they got to skip training camp in half a season. I think, I think these veterans are like, yeah, this is why we don't need preseason. Like, yes. Yeah, let me get out made, there and play. Yeah. Slade made a comment. If he could do what, what Weddle did last year, Right, uh, uh, join a team during the playoffs and 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 just roll through to the Super Bowl. I I think you know you you have to be in a, in a certain amount of or a certain degree of conditioning, a certain degree of shape in order to be yeah, out I mean, there. These are and, like and, extremely high level players, yes. veterans to begin with. But 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 to the point of adjusting to the scheme, yeah. And Dominican Sue has been playing. Well, uh, both of them have been playing since 2010. They've played on multiple teams, right? Joseph has been on the Giants and the Vikings and the Chargers. Sue has been on the Lions and the Dolphins and the Rams and the Bucks. Um, they've played for multiple <laughs> They've played for multiple coordinators. They played in multiple schemes. And by the way, uh, not to belittle defensive line play, but go get the guys who have the ball, right? Like that's, that's what you're coaching them to do. Now there's, I understand there's technique and there's nuance involved. I'm, I'm not disputing that, but fundamentally you're chasing the guy who has the ball, right? I remember uh, having this conversation um, on, I think on WIP when like Michael Bennett was missing out on like OTAs or whatever his, his one year. And they're like, he's got to learn the defense. I was like, Michael Bennett is going to be fine. He's a, he's, yeah. a, he's a defensive end who goes who's a pass rusher. He doesn't need to know the defense in March or May. Yeah. Like he'll be he'll be fine. Yes, but yes. Like if 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 you and, and then Darwin Walker, I think who was on was like, no, no, that's not true. That's not true. Like, all right. If if you're a rookie, there's a big adjustment, right? I mean, you're adjusting to NFL linemen. You're adjusting to 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 NFL defenses. There there's there's a lot there's I, there's a jump that that goes on there. I think you're seeing it a bit with Jordan Davis, right? Um, in terms of learning different techniques and playing in different techniques. Uh, but if you're and Dominican Sue, if you're Linval Joseph, you know how to play football, right? Uh, or yeah, I mean, or, we'll you know see how they, they do over the next yeah. couple games as uh, they get a little bit of wear and tear. Um, but yeah, they they were good. Yeah. It was it was impactful. Certainly, certainly Linval in the middle, I thought. Um, I thought yeah. TJ Edwards played very well in this game. He was did. integral to the run defense, was flying around the ball a little bit. Yeah, I'm I've been impressed with TJ Edwards all year. It's something that I've 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 kind of looked into behind the scenes and hopefully you'll have more on it um soon. Oh, geez, uh but to me, what jumps out when you watch TJ Edwards, uh it's it's the instincts that he plays with. And we all know we've been talking about it for three and a half years now, the time speed, but there's a difference between time speed and field speed. And 
frankly, this is this is not meant to disparage Davion Taylor, although it's going to come off that way. It's the difference between Davion Taylor and T.J. Edwards, right? Like how how fast you are doesn't matter if you're not in the right spot. T.J. Edwards, you see him close in on 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 some of these passes. Um, you see him finishing these these tackles. He knows where to go and when to go and how to get there. Well said. Uh, Darius Slay, another, I mean, not a bad game, but it seemed like he was in coverage on a couple medium uh, to long completions against Michael Pittman. Maybe a bit of a, a bit of a valley in the peaks and valleys of a season for him. Yeah, yeah, I would agree. I would agree. I thought, but I still uh, think that he and James Bradbury is a really interesting story that um, somebody should write about. Well, make sure you tune in this weekend. Good thing that there's going to be a, a – well, I hope I'm not speaking out of turn. But it's Black Friday coming up. There's 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 going to be opportunities to get oh, yeah, I think it starts rates. tomorrow, right? <laughs> well, yeah, but I don't know if I'm allowed to, to oh, okay. say that. But there's, uh, there's going to be good promotions coming up, so make sure – if uh, if you ever needed a time to re up, this is a good time. Or more likely, a you know, yeah. a gift idea. A gift idea, know. exactly. That's what's Yes. Everybody who's listening has got to be subscribed already. Okay. Uh, anything else on the defense you'd like to talk about? I, I I thought they. I mean, you know, this is every this game is also you know like matchup wise. Uh, the Colts defense is pretty good. The Colts offense is pretty garbanzo beans so uh keep that in mind when we're talking about the eagles defense playing well and the eagles offense struggling but uh i thought this was a this was a good de- good day for the defense yes um going through milton williams uh flashed a bit uh he yeah he played, he, he's the one whose snaps were actually uh cut the most by this like i was expecting to to look at it after the game that the linval and Sue playing would mean that Cox and Hargrave played a little bit less. You got to take off some of the, the burden on them. And it was not the case. It was Milton Williams snaps who, who, who were sort of cut in half. Um, Josiah Scott, he was beaten. Uh, he was, uh, he was beat a few times it appeared, uh, but he also got his hands on, on two balls there. Um, thought that, yeah, he was, uh, he was active in Avante Maddox's place. Uh, I'm curious. We we mentioned it briefly before. I'm curious what the audience thought of the Hassan Reddick play, because there was rightfully so a lot of outrage from the fan base about the Dallas Goddard play a week ago, and what you saw on Hassan Reddick's critical sack was he his hand was on the face mask. Now you and I were sitting next to each other during the game. And you thought that the hand was on the face mask after the sack, right? So I think I still. Bring I think it, w- it, it was a penalty by definition. I mean, you can't grab his face mask. Yes. Uh, what did the audience think there? I'm curious. Uh, mm-hmm. You can leave your comments on the right. Well, they're, uh, they're biased. There's a, I mean, there's a lot of people worried about you right now. Yeah. Well, the longtime listeners shouldn't be worried because if you're looking for parallels between the 2022 Eagles and the 2017 Eagles. 2017, I had I had a cough that just wouldn't quit. It's like a like an eight week, ten week cough, and so I feel like I may be uh, staring down the barrel of another one. I had I had the whole training camp. If you remember, I sent you guys a text before the Cleveland trip, and then uh, followed on uh, the on the Miami trip, 
I got some concerned messages from the Miami podcast. Are you okay? Uh, yeah, those those coughs can linger. So please take care of yourself. Unfortunately, I'm on this. This will be my last uh, VIX cough drop of this bag. I think I have another bag in the an older bag in the backpack that's been waiting for just the right moment. You know, I need my menthols. What's your, what's your cough drop? What's your go-to cough drop, Zach? Uh, whatever is the most inexpensive at CVS. Sometimes they have the, the, the what generic if they're brand. they're all the same No, because price, they have the generic No, because they but, have the generic Yeah, brand. but what flavor are you going for? I'll usually go honey lemon. Yeah. But, mm, softy yeah. over here. Uh, but, no, I, I, I'll use go with a the woman's generic. deodorant, but he goes for the honey lemon. Oh, a little bit of honey lemon, please, on the side. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, uh, <laughs> so, and, and so the the conversation shifted. So, so we didn't get much conclusion on the uh, face mask, but that was critical <laughs> because if if that's a first and ten there, um, or, or, or a first and goal rather, the the Colts potentially run in and score. Yeah. <clears throat> All right. Uh, anything else, you know, micro or macro from this game to talk about before we get to uh, a break and swooper? Um, no, the offense needs to get better here. I, I thought, well, so 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 one thing we should discuss is Jalen Hurts carried the ball quite a bit. 16 carries in this game, his most since week four. Yeah, what did you make we, of Hurts' game overall? I thought that, I, I thought he, he ran the ball well. I thought he had some good passes. The volume wasn't there. They didn't go downfield. They didn't get those explosive plays. I thought there was more that he could have done in those situations. Um, but I, th- I, I thought he was a good runner, and and I, I, I thought that was where he really made his mark. I thought, um, I thought he looked sharp throwing the ball early. Um, some of those completions to AJ Brown, um, and then as the game went on. You know, he seemed on on the same page with Devontae Smith pretty well on some of those timing throws. But I, I did think that he was a little bit uncomfortable in the pocket. And, um, you know, it's hard to know without rewatching um, on the All-22, like what his progressions were like. But I also thought that in the in the read game, he made a couple wrong reads there. Um, it seemed like unless they were not reads and they were just, you know, give. Um, there were... It, it felt like this was a an up and down performance for him as well, but you know, as you said, he 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 got it done at the end. But I, I didn't I did not think that this was his best game by any stretch. A bit of a redemptive game for Quez Watkins. After, That's true. After yeah. that fumble, he he that gets was a in nice the throw. end zone. Mm-hmm. Uh, he he gets in the end zone. He had a another good catch earlier in the game. Um, I spoke to AJ Brown after the game about the fumble. Said they just knocked it out. And I thought he wasn't exactly. wearing gloves from our vantage point in the press box, but it turns out that they were just like camo gloves. They mm-hmm. were, they must've worked really well. They worked on me. <laughs> I mean, we were high up there. Yeah, boy, were we, would you like, would you like about the, the indie press box? I like that. I got to watch the game from there. Mm. Right. That's good the glass. Good, pretty solid glass. You know, I like a good glass. I do know you like a good glass. Yeah. Clear uh, glass, big glass. And not uh, like widely partitioned with a a, a view obstructing opaqueness. I want to give a shout out to listeners Alex and John, who I met before the game. Um, 
uh, behind the end zone. And uh, Alex in particular gave a, a nice token of appreciation. Uh, and I appreciate Alex's is listening and all Alex does. So thank you, Alex. Wow. I mean, thank you, Alex, for sure. But imagine being John and listening to that. And <laughs> it was great to see Alex and John, but I really enjoyed meeting Alex. And thank you, Alex, for everything no. you do. I mean, no. John no, is sitting there thinking he had a special moment with Zach. No, 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 now, no. Now no, he listens to this and he thinks he's chopped liver. No, not at all. Thank you so much, John, as well. I was like, Alex gave Alex gave a little token of appreciation um, for a I, I, I don't want to mention Alex's job in, in case I'm not supposed to, but he gave us something from his job as a token of appreciation. So I was thanking him for that. I definitely thank you for John, for your loyal listening, for for buying underdogs. Um, and it was, it was, it was great to meet you. And actually John, I'm not speaking out of turn here. John wants me to, uh, to give it back to you a little more. Uh, yeah, he's, he says, you're, you're hard on me and I take it too much. So, mm. um, actually John might take umbrage to, to, uh, to, to, to you berating me about thanking Alex. No, I think he's going to, he's going to be on my side <laughs> on that part. I mean, he was definitely, as he was listening to that thinking, wait, what, what the hell? A hundred percent. Now, uh, I, you, you reminded me, I think as, as uh, you know, we may be nearing our final days on Twitter. Uh, let's try to get under underdogs in my underwear trending on on Twitter. See if we can get a bunch of selfies from uh, sickos. Underdogs in my underwear. I don't know what you are talking about right now, <laughs> but it, uh, we have uh, it, you know before we go to the break, I'll I'll, I'll say. Uh, with with both John and Alex, I signed a copy of Underdogs, the Philadelphia the Philadelphia Eagles emotional road to Super Bowl victory. And uh, if you are interested in having a copy signed, uh, there's Chicago trip, there's the Dallas trip, but also there's I can do it at Eagles games, and there's a a book signing coming up with Glenn Macnow and Mike Sealski and Ray Dittinger in December. So you can nice uh, big. Uh, I'll give you all the information there. All right, let's uh, let me just run down the uh, the stats real quick on some of these guys, and then we'll get to break. Jalen Hurts, sixteen carries for eighty six yards, as you mentioned, Zach, and the touchdown. He also was eighteen of twenty five for one ninety and a touchdown. Miles Sanders just forty seven yards on thirteen carries in this game. Boston Scott three for eight. Kenny Gainwell one for zero. AJ Brown five catches for sixty yards. Devontae Smith led the way six for seventy eight. Quez Watkins, two for 31. Pascal with one. Stoll with one. Scott with two. Miles with one. Uh, Gardner Johnson had 11 tackles. CJ Edwards had 10. Jonathan Taylor, 22 for 84. Matt Ryan, 23 of 32 for 213. Michael Pittman led the way. Six for 75 for the Colts. Paris Campbell, five for 67. Did you think that um, Jeffrey Lurie was watching Paris Campbell in this game with uh, jealous eyes? I do not no. <coughs> I, and what Bo is alluding to is that they could have drafted, or that if they did not draft JJ, I think a white side they would have taken Paris Campbell, and Paris Campbell's turned into a, a, a decent player. Zach Kiefer mentioned to us on the pod the other day, uh, and JJ, I think a white side is no longer with the Seahawks. Is that correct? That is correct. So, all right. 
Let's take a little break. Come back with Super. I have not looked at Super yet, so we could have some uh, addition, some live addition. All right. Welcome back. Birds with friends. Those Zach and Marissa. Marissa, how you doing? I'm doing good. I was getting the swooper, um, the the items up so we could go through this. All right, let's do it. We enter the arena with seven points for me, one point for both of you, Jamokes. How do things go today? Well, uh, the Eagles' very first target of the game is a tight end. That's what I had. That was not the case. I believe the first throw was to A.J. Brown. A miss for me. Jeff Saturday elects not to go for it on fourth down on at least two instances in which the Belden Baldwin fourth down bot suggests he go for it. I believe this did happen. It definitely happened at least once. I yeah, think it, it definitely happened. happened at least once. <clears throat> I think it happened twice. Someone tweeted at us. I think it happened twice. We'll double check that for uh, if we need to, but that would be one for me. And then uh, I only had one more. The USA scores more goals against Wales on Monday. Then Tyree Jackson has catches against the Colts, uh, so that would potentially put me to two. Tyree Jackson did not have any catches in this game, though he did play seven snaps. Uh, I believe that I will win that one. Marissa. Good job. Ball. That's a good reference. You want to take it from here? <laughs> I was complimenting your reference. You, Bo was, was I'll, I'll, I'll tell you this, Marissa. Bo was, was locked in to the Cutter, Cutter, Qatar, Cutter, uh, Ecuador game mm. before the Eagles game. Yeah, he why was, not? Yes. Yeah, he was, I mean, he this was does feel this World Cup does feel very weird uh, and pretty gross, especially watching Cutter play. Um, but I was rooting for my Ecuadorians, got the W. So, and we also had a disagreement <clears throat> on. I I said the bow. I said, why is Belgium? But although if I'm speaking a World Cup, I need to I need to speak about it the way that so I I, I need to say why are Belgium, right? Because mm, that's how yep. everything's written. Why are Belgium um not getting more credit or 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 like almost underdogs? And Bo was like, uh he he couldn't believe that I suggested this. And I I said that they're they're plus eighteen hundred, right? They're the amount of teams that are above them. In 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 the odds for a team that I think is ranked number two in FIFA, uh, is uh, you know is uh, it's kind of the end of their golden generation, but they have a lot of talent. They have uh, one of the best keepers in the world. They have one of the best midfielders in the world. Uh, I was I was simply surprised by that. So you are not you are not. There is nothing that you just said that we disagreed about. <laughs> the disagreement was about the semantics of you calling them a sleeper. Belgium is not a sleeper. Well, where I would disagree with you is I think when you look at the amount of – so I'll ask you this, Marissa. How many teams need to be ranked – or I shouldn't say teams. How many countries need to be ranked above you in order to be considered a sleeper? Would you consider any team outside the top five to be considered a sleeper? No. I'd say outside of the top ten. Okay, well then uh, they would not be. A you can't like simultaneously tout them being number two in the FIFA rankings yeah. and then also call them a sleeper. Yeah, I think a sleeper has to be outside like the top ten. Okay, okay, so they are one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. They're ninth. Okay. I mean, you're right, not so far sneaker. off. You could say they're not a favorite. They're not like I would say favorite would be top five. 
Yeah, okay. they're not a sleeper. I don't know. My soccer knowledge is very poor. So your soccer knowledge are very poor. Yeah, <laughs> I didn't even get that reference. But I will be watching tomorrow. Um, our my cousin's cousin uh, dates Tyler Adams on Team USA. So oh, the captain! Hell yeah. yeah, the captain! Look at that! Yeah. All so right, she, she is there. Wait, what is up with the what? What is up with the? The Morris extended family and the uh, the athletes, you guys pick them well. I know. Well, so it's it's my cousin and cousin on the other side. Okay. Um, but like we grew up together. Um, she was on my track team, so they met. Nice. She, they met in. She went to Temple actually. I think they met in Philly. Um, oh, Zach! Who, you're, yeah. Zach is now all of a sudden Zach's interested. Yeah, Seriously, they've been together for like they've been the together captains for like with the Philly five girl. or six years. Yeah, or no, no, maybe not five. How old is he? 23. This young. is huge for the birds with yeah. friends. Yeah. This is yeah great. So she's been all over the world with him. She's been to like all these crazy countries. It's all so around cool. the world. Like her Instagram is really awesome. So big, big, uh, this is fantastic. <laughs> yeah. So, so really rooting for Tyler <clears throat> Adams. That's for sure. The cousin in the middle. Yes. Would you say that she's a bigger Browns fan or a U.S. national team fan? Which a cousin bigger, does she like better? Bigger Browns fan. Nice. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Tomorrow she might not be, but. All right. Tyler Adams, part of the extended BWF universe. This yeah. is yeah. Wait for, yes. This is great. We got the yeah. captain. I like the it. captain. All right. I love that. Her name Fantastic. is Sarah. So big, big shout Sarah out Sarah. Yeah. Is she an Eagles fan? Um, I don't know. I mean, she grew up in the same okay. town as me, but she did okay. go to Temple. So maybe she, that, some of that Philly. Uh, All right. On, on her. But yeah. Fantastic. Bo, before we go on, do you want to fill our our audience in on what to expect tomorrow in in the USA-Wales game? I don't think I need that. Okay. I'm worried about our set piece defending. Okay. Okay. I mean, I'm sure if they really want this information, they can look it up elsewhere. I've enjoyed the the athletic soccer show, uh, USA Soccer. Preview series. It's been good. I think all Thanks. our coverage has been outstanding. Yeah. Well, yeah, but I mean, you would say that even if it wasn't. No, I, I, I've learned so much about all these teams from, uh, from our coverage. All right. <clears throat> so I have one or two, depending on what happens tomorrow. Marissa Linval Joseph has at least half a sack or a tackle for a loss. Bingo, bango, bongo. Nice job by you, and only for two turkeys. What yeah. a pull. The Indianapolis Colts score more points than that day's low temperature in Indianapolis as it appears on Bo's weather app at kickoff. I did not look at my weather app at kickoff. However, we have a <clears throat> meteorologist, Sicko, who texted, who who uh, reached out and said, I believe that it was 16. Is that what he said? Uh, well, I did screenshot my phone um, <laughs> this afternoon at 3.56 when I was checking. Okay. I know it was a little after it wasn't kickoff. 356. I don't know. Um, and it said the low was 14. Um, showing proof yeah. right here. Indianapolis on the weather app. Mm. Yep. So wow, this is this is debatable here. Let me see if saying. I can find the sicko. You know, I've got so I many mean, mentions. How can I possibly? We specifically said the weather app, not weather.com we too. Yep. Um, because weather.com didn't I th- have it at- <laughs> I think, I think Marissa's, I, I think Marissa's evidence is, is, is good, is sufficient. Well, I don't. <laughs> well, 
honestly, I don't think any of this is going to matter when we get to Zach's, but. All right. Well, let's say, let's say that, <coughs> geez, I'm sorry. That's just not a pleasant listening experience for anybody. Uh, let's say that that is still disputed and continue on. Zach, why don't you take over? Okay. Uh, so then the next one is Matt Ryan throws for more touchdowns than the number of defensive linemen signed by the Eagles this week. The Eagles signed two defensive linemen this week, and Matt Ryan threw for zero touchdowns. So Marissa uh, does not hit that one. Uh, Jonathan Taylor doubles Miles Sanders in rushing yards. Mm. Miles Sanders had 47 rushing yards. Jonathan Taylor had 84 rushing yards. So close. It was very close. Yes. And then the Eagles have zero turnovers. And the Eagles, as AJ, uh, well, AJ Brown and Jalen Hurts both fumbled the ball. So the Eagles did not have zero turnovers. So then Marissa gets the Linval Joseph one. And. Uh, we will give her the Colts one as well. One or two, and I have no, one she, or no, two. She, she has two. Marissa has two. Um, no, 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 we don't. Wait, that is not what. How, you, this is evident. Check yeah, Marissa's evidence. Yeah, but it says at kickoff. Okay, yeah, but the low is the the low is the low. We're not talking about the temperature at kickoff. We're talking about what the low for the yeah. day is. Yeah, kickoff. but that's it's written at kickoff. Yeah, but I think the I just meant I meant a standardized time to check. Marissa gets that one. Okay. Okay. It, does, so, it doesn't matter. Don't take his charity, game. Marissa. You earn what you get. <laughs> it's not charity. It's it's being decisive, right? That's what they tell quarterbacks. Be right or be wrong, but be decisive. I mean, I'm the only one that brought evidence, so that's all I'm going to say. <laughs> okay. I'm just saying I want to check the, the – the, the, we have an actual meteorologist, Sicko, who sent us the okay. what the low was at the time. How many mentions do you get that you can't find it? Well, I'm uh, also trying to do the show. Uh, all right, so I, I I will take over and also help help your cough here. Uh, Marissa used 27 above 27 turkeys. So I had uh, 40 turkeys. I used 26 of them. My first one, Zach Pascal has more receiving yards than any Eagles tight end. Zach Pascal finished the game with nine receiving yards, but Jack Stoll <laughs> finished the game with seven, and Grant Calcaterra and Tyree Jackson did not have a recorded catch. That brings me to my next one. Grant Calcaterra leads the Eagles tight ends in targets. Uh, I bid seven turkeys on this. They were seven turkeys poorly spent because Grant Calcaterra did not get a target for the Eagles. Okay, and- Steve Silver, the unofficial, uh, I guess the official meteorologist of Birds with Friends, unofficial low at Indy International Airport at a kickoff was 13 degrees. Marissa gets okay. it. Okay. Okay. So I hit it. <laughs> yes. Great so job. You, hit it. Need you needed it to be official. Okay. Now it's official. Okay. Congratulations. Marissa got, got two points. Okay. And so Zach here. Needs that, so. At least as many of Zach's items hit this week as items hit mm. by Bo or Marissa. Okay. So Bo got one or two. Marissa got two. No, no, no. Okay. No, 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 Zach. No, no, it's the submitted, not the. Oh, it's... okay. Okay, sorry about that. Um, Zach, I think you're gonna yes. get this one because yeah, you I think submit, so too. You 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 obviously get I the next submit. one, right? And I got Pascal. Yes. Okay. And yeah. Got, and the temperature one. Yes. yes. Yeah. Okay. You're gonna get that. Okay. Uh, so then here we go. So then the last one. Nick Sirianni acknowledges Frank Reich in some way in his post game press conference, and we added the caveat that it could not be upon prompting from one of us, right? 
And he did bring it up, and it was not upon prompting. He was asked about why he was so emotional and or, or something along those lines, and he mentioned Frank Reich. Actually, did we read – it's been a long podcast. We discussed Reich, but I don't think we mentioned the – I don't think we read the entire quote or part of the quote. Uh, so I will no, do that's that. When you, that's when you said, bless you to Marissa. <laughs> that's not when I said bless you to Marissa. Yes, it uh, is. It was oh, leading it up to that. Oh, okay. Okay. All right. Um, so then in any event, uh, congratulations, Zach. Yeah, Zach. Big win. Thank you. Thank you. <coughs> uh, unfortunately it's only my second win and better than still me, have, Zach. Still it, significantly it, as long as Bo's not winning, that's good. <laughs> Keep it going. All right. Well, we got, and you carry over 14 turkeys. That's mm-hmm. great. Hashtag Switch. underdogs in my underwear. So this week, I believe uh, we haven't run this by it with each other yet, but I believe we're going to have one episode this week to give our audience something to look forward to. It is Thanksgiving on Thursday, and uh, and so we will get you a podcast before Thanksgiving that if you are driving somewhere on Thanksgiving or driving home on Friday, you will have that podcast in your feeds for your Thanksgiving uh, travels. and. Uh, but until but before then, we're gonna have Nick Sirianni tomorrow talking about this game, and then it pivots to Green Bay, which going into the season we thought was probably we I thought I shouldn't say we I thought would be the most difficult game on the schedule for the Eagles, and obviously that has not turned out to be the case. Uh, so the Packers coming off a loss, the Eagles coming off a win. We will speak to Jonathan Gannon and Shane Steichen and Michael Clay on Tuesday. Then we will have Sirianni and Hertz and a bunch of other people on Wednesday before we do the pod for the week. So you can look forward to that. Hopefully Bo is feeling a little bit better then. And uh, hopefully uh, we, I, I was going to say part of Marissa's family, Marissa's cousin's boyfriend plays mm-hmm. well tomorrow. Cousin's cousin. For U.S. against, boyfriend. yes, yes. Cousin's cousin's boyfriend plays well against Wales. And the last thing I'll say before <clears throat> I uh, I stop rambling here is happy birthday to Rachel Wolf, uh, mm. who is Big a three minutes left. Yeah. Mm. Well, just a loyal listener. Time. Yes, exactly. <laughs> uh, so so yeah, so I'm getting in happy birthday before the, the clock turns to the twenty first. There we go. Uh, I'd like to give a little bit of a grouse to the city of Indianapolis. Really? Um, yeah, we uh, we left Lucas Oil Stadium at what was that about nine o'clock, Zach? <clears throat> and uh, you know, wanted to get a little little dinner. Um, and the uh, hotel bar uh, restaurant closed on Sundays. Walked around the corner uh, to a pizza place that you and I went to, I believe, Zach. Oh yeah, uh, it, it closed. Cafe Patachu. Or, or, or no. I'm sorry, Napoli's Pizza closed. No, 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 a different pizza place. Oh, okay. Um, that maybe I went there with Sheil. Probably. Um, and uh, kitchen closed at nine. Went around the corner. Uh, kitchen closed at nine. Uh, went to the uh, a different hotel to see if they had a bar open. Guys, like, no, it's Sunday. It's sun. It's 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 Sunday. It's nine fifteen. It's nine. There there wasn't a place to get food. At nine fifteen on a Sunday in downtown Indianapolis, my hotel. I had to, I had to settle for this bag of pretzels that was in my in my presidential suite. <laughs> and coffee. Nine fifteen. 
Oh, I'm surprised. Yeah. I, I, I even I even went into uh went into Prime to see if they if they if their oh, kitchen was open. Yes. No, and they said no. Oh, no, it's uh, Sunday. It's who cares? It's Sunday. It's nine fifteen. People gotta I'm, eat. I'm surprised the hotel bar <clears throat> wasn't open. That's yeah. That's what I I was hoping. I was hoping to to, to finish in time to to get to St. Elmo's and did not that closes at, at nine. And so uh went to the hotel bar. Nine o'clock, uh, the city shuts down. Are you kidding yeah, me? I'm, I'm surprised your hotel uh was not open, but it's a Sunday. Like I, I Well, okay. who cares it's a Sunday? It's nine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm surprised your hotel surprised your hotel was, was closed. What is you that? You didn't try Uber Eats or DoorDash anything? No, I mean at, at that point I had to finish my work. I was just trying to get a trying to get a little something. You see, I, I'm going to vouch for the city of, of Indianapolis, okay? Uh, from a convenience perspective, it's it's a desirable place to come in the sense that— Unless you want food at 9.15 on a Sunday night. <laughs> in the sense that it is—look, uh, it's, it's, it's an easy flight, although Bo and I have to connect on the way home uh, because there weren't enough flights for this one. But it's an, it's typically an easy flight. Uh, it's easy to get from the airport to, to downtown. Once you're downtown, you don't need a car. You can walk everywhere. And uh, they have the skywalks. If you want to stay indoors, I was able to get from my hotel to Lucas Oil Stadium today. Soft, with man. You're soft. Being, uh, I went to college uh, in, in – <laughs> have you seen the snow in central and western New York right now? Yeah. Compared to Wake Forest. Where's the football guy? Come on. Come on. It was um, cold there. There was a low of 13 degrees. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So and 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 so yeah, I like the skywalk system. It's it is convenient. We discussed this. The older I get, I'm not old, I'm, I'm you know, but uh the the more you've gone to some of these places, uh you appreciate the quick in and out trips. Where you mm. can get in, it's convenient. You can stay downtown. You can walk, as Mistress opposed dog, again, uh, as 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 opposed to places that require complicated travel. So, I I appreciate a Cleveland or a, an Indianapolis or a Detroit. You know, you, it's a two hour flight, hour and a half flight, easy to in, easy out. Okay. All right. Uh, I guess I'll do it. Yeah. Happy birthday, Rachel. And go Marissa's cousin's cousin's boyfriend. Let's make it happen. The Eagles move to 9-1. and one, Best record in the league. But it's an ugly one. 17-16 victory. Come from behind against the Indianapolis Colts. And we move on. The Packers next Sunday. So, uh, with Thanksgiving week ahead, we thank you for listening. For Zach and Marissa and Alex but definitely not John I am Bo we thank you for listening <laughs> that's not true we will talk to you as the week goes on um, and as always we love you <laughs>